0: Welcome to Transcendent. I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. And I'm Joe, and I'm the dad.
1: And we are doing our first outside-of-our-studio live broadcast.
0: This is really, really exciting. Normally what we do is we'll go down to Dad's basement, and we don't have so many excited people to be around, but it is great to be out here at Pride Education. There's lots of people here all learning about pride events and learning about uh, pronouns and how to be allies and how to find support within the LGBTQ plus community. And this has been such a great experience.
1: So today we would like to introduce Maggie William as our guest. Thank you very much.
0: Maggie is on the board of the Rainbow Alliance, which is putting on this event here today, and Maggie has quite a story. Maggie, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit?
2: Uh, Yeah, um, I am a uh, parent, spouse, child, and an educator. I grew up in south suburbs of Chicago, and I've lived up in Wisconsin for a while, and Then lived in Atlanta, Georgia for a good 10 years and then now I'm back here in Atlanta. Um, After having been moved around, I have finally come to terms with my uh, feminine self that I pretty much hid for most of my life.
0: We've often said on this podcast, if you know one trans person, you know one trans person. And where we thought this would be uh, exciting to do, and, and a good idea is to, for you and I to kind of explore together our histories as transgender women. We are both trans feminine people. By comparing and contrasting our stories, we'll really be able to get a good idea of what is the trans experience like.
2: Okay. And we I believe to, we're kind of close in age as well. Too. Yes, and,
0: both within a few years, and we both yeah. transitioned a little later or came to terms. So we'd like to start with that beginning part, with our lives in the closet. As uh, many of you know that are here, life in the closet is miserable, isn't it? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Can (laughs) you agree? Uh, Maggie, would you tell us a little bit about your story of what did you experience before you started talking about being trans?
2: Yeah, right. Um, So as a young child, my earliest memories, I've always gravitated towards what is considered feminine, and I really wasn't interested in the masculine. I was interested in uh, feminine things, and back in the 1970s, that really was not an acceptable thing for a young boy, and it was no fault of my parents or nothing like that. They were wonderful people. They raised us right, but that's just the way it was, you know, and so I learned quickly that it really was not a, uh, an acceptable thing to do for a boy. So I quote-unquote went into the closet. I started hiding the fact that I did like feminine things. And so I have two sisters. I would wear their clothes and play with their toys and stuff like that. But I always did it in private. I, I sensed that maybe I was going to get in trouble or something was going to happen or somebody's going to walk into the room or whatnot. I stopped right? And I go and hide, and I've literally hidden closets before. (laughs) And then by the time I get to puberty, I kind of pretty much figured out that, yeah, you can't do this. At that time, that was like in the 80s. We really didn't have many good role models, uh, probably none at all that were positive role models. It's been
0: a very long time. Now, thankfully, we have a lot of much more visible trans people, and especially trans women, in all
2: kinds of media, but right. in those days, we really didn 't no right and um so you know, being in a closet is a tug of war of back and forth of uh, okay, I have to build this life in the masculine, but I also want to be feminine too and i as a young kid, I wanted to actually, you know I wanted to be a girl and um, and hang out with girls and do girl stuff, but it just you just couldn 't do it, so you would yeah, hide that side of yourself, and you just kind of get used to doing that over time, and then you kind of feel that possibly this could change. I can make this go away, and I can just live my life the way I'm supposed to as a, as a man, and it just didn't always work. It would go... Back and forth. Like I would shave my legs, for instance, because I didn't like hair. And then I would be like two weeks of terror or however long it took for the hair to grow back. Um, that kind of thing. And you would uh, just go back and forth with that. And then by the time it hit a certain age, after a couple of decades, early 40s, uh, and, and, and now seeing more positive role models in the trans community, and that it really, it's not a bad thing, there's nothing wrong with it, to kind of come to terms with that then in a more healthy way.
1: So at what age did you begin to start transitioning, to at least come out in, in pieces?
2: That would be about, um, yeah, the early 40s. I think I was like 41, 42. And by that time, I had already established a life, a career, a marriage. Um, And I was a parent to a child at that time. And I was just totally had this life as a male. And so I didn't, like, come out right away. So it was something that I had to do over time. I had to kind of put it in my head that this is okay for me to be this way. I had to be okay with myself before then I started to... I felt like the f- most important person that I would have to tell would be my wife, right? I owe her that. Was, that,
1: was that the first person you spoke yes. to? Okay. Yeah. And so I'm like, you I told f- your wife first. How did. did that go?
2: It went uh, better than I had expected. And I felt like I owed it to her to tell her. Like I've, I, I have friends of mine who I knew I could say something to, probably, and help keep that secret. But I was like, if I tell anybody, it has to be my wife, first. And then she... I, when I went to go, you know, I, I just told her, I have to tell you... I tried several times to do it over the years, and it took probably, like, two years to actually say it, okay? Like, I, I would build up the courage to be like, okay, I got to tell her, and then I would check it out. And so overdoing that for a while, I finally, I just flat out said, I have to tell you something important, and then I couldn't back out, right? And so she... It kind of was an interesting because at first she thought, "Well, you're having, a, are you having an affair?" Because I didn't really spit out the yeah. words yet, and and I'm like, "No, no," and she's like, "Are you attracted to other people? I mean, what's going on? Are you going to leave me?" I'm like, "No, no." I was like, "I like to wear women's clothes," you know, and I just
0: threw and it out there. She had no idea. No. Until that, so she had never caught you. She had no. never
2: anything. Mm-mm. It was completely. Yeah, I was like a spy living in a foreign country. <laughs> I could have worked for the CIA or something, (laughs) like that, right? Because I was like, how couldn't you know? I did ask her that. And she's like, I don't know.
0: Can you talk a little bit about how you felt having to be secretive like that? I imagine there was quite a bit of shame.
2: Yeah. That would come. Absolutely, because it always felt like you were lying and um, being deceitful about stuff.
1: So how did she take it when you finally told her?
2: She was like, when I finally just spit out those words, she was like, oh, all right, well, that's nothing bad. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that was a great initial reaction. And then as a couple of weeks went by and she had, it kind of sunk in, she had time to process it. It wasn't as, she still, she was struggling with it then, you know, like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, like, how do I fit into this or what's going to happen to us? And which is understandable, right? Because, she married a male who now has this strong feminine side who wants to identify as feminine. So it's understandably a, um uncertain time, and it's taken a, a while for us to get back to being just like okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I find it interesting to to point out some of the similarities and then the differences between you and I of how we navigated some of the same things. Both you and I have been exclusively attracted to women. Many people will assume that if you are a transgender woman in particular, that you're, you must be attracted to men, and that must be why you want to transition. And yet, for neither one of us, that was our concern. And in fact, we both were married to women. Yes. Uh, yeah. But of course, then the difference is how we navigated that. Now for me, when I told my wife, that was the end of our marriage. Talk a little bit about your marriage and how has that
2: changed since then because you are still married. Yes, we are. and I, I think we'll, you know, we've worked through a lot and um, again it was that, that uncertainty of where are we headed um, was hard for my wife and I, very understandable because I didn't even know where I was headed either. And I, here I am, slowly changing over time, very gradually. And then, um, so we've had to have some pretty tough conversations. And one of them came down to where it was like, well, if you feel like we've got to split up, if you need to leave the situation, I totally understand. You know, I mean, we I think we could remain friends, continue to raise our child. But I, I cannot, I cannot ever go back in the closet. I just could never do that. I can't. It's just too horrible of a place.
1: When you say you're slowly changing, from the very first time that you had that conversation with her up until now, describe how far have you come on the slowly changing? You know, are you introducing more things as time come along? How That's does that work?
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's very gradual, too. So I think I still have a long way to go. But it started out, you know, I mean, I've, as being a closeted individual at that time, and then coming, I, you know, I had facial hair, you know, and like shaved, get rid of the beard, never grown facial hair again. Um, and then my wardrobe started to change, slowly being replaced. No more. I, I shop in the women's department now. I don't shop in the men's department. So then the men's clothes starts to go, being replaced by women's clothes. And then I'm like, well, I'm in my, uh, let's see, late 40s, and my hair still grows. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna grow out my hair, see what happens. And so then I get my ears pierced. And um, so it's those little things like that, over and over again, um, or you know, gradually, a little bit step by step. Um, and you continue. I'm continuing. More, more yeah. gradually. Right. And so uh, a big part of it was to uh, go out into public presenting in the feminine of like, I am a feminine individual. That was scary. Um, and that was a big important step because if I felt like if I didn't do that, well, I'm still in the closet, right? I'm just in the closet at, the, at home with a few people knowing. I want to be out in the world, that's a huge step of trying to put yourself together. So I didn't think I would ever pass as a woman, and I'm not so concerned about that right now. I knew that I just wanted to be feminine and go out in the world and present that way.
1: What about other parts of your family? What about your parents? What about your... um... Uh, in laws uh, well, what about uh, your extended family? Have you shared any of that with them? Is this become a pretty common knowledge among them? Uh, where are you at this point?
2: in my family, yes, I have five brothers and sisters okay so i 'm one of six, and so they all know their kids all know um, and some their extended families know as well. my in laws know as well, except for my wife 's father he 's the only one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then my mother and father unfortunately had passed away before, I I was in the process of, I had already told my wife, it had been a couple years in where I was kind of gradually changing, but they fell ill, and once I got to a point where I felt I could tell them, they were in a place that I was just like... That's not a concern right now, you know, they were sick, and there's a whole much other stuff to deal with. So unfortunately, they had passed away before I could ever tell them. And I regret that, um, because I think they would have been very supportive and wonderful about that. Um, But then, uh, yeah, and then uh, our friend group, they all know as well.
1: Where do you see yourself now moving? You're, you're, you're continuing to transition. You, you ha, you, do you, have you planned this out? Is, oh, now my next step is going to be something.
0: Or I might also add this part to the question. You, in every situation that you feel comfortable, you do present female as often as you can, but yet there are still some circumstances where you will present male. Is that correct?
2: Absolutely, Yes. And, and,
0: yeah, how do you find the line when do you choose one or the other? What kinds yeah. of factors play into that?
2: Yeah, and it, it is, it's a flip-flop right now because I do am expected to, pres- uh, to be a, 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 in a male role where I'm working. I'm a teacher, and so I had started teaching at that position as a male, and um, I continue to do that, and it's uh, not something that I want to do, necessarily, but I feel like I should do. I also have a uh, teenage daughter who is in the same school district, so I feel that it's important for her, too, as well. Uh, She doesn't care. She's been very supportive and everything like that, but I just don't want anything negative to come towards her or happen, or I don't know if if it would. But... That's just the way that I guess I feel after dealing with this for 40-plus years. Um, you know, and as you are in the closet, you always there's always a sense of paranoia and always a sense of the worst thing that could happen. Any time. If I ever come out or if anything happens, this is a secret that must be kept. So it's, it's hard to lose that and let that go over time and just rode away at that sense of paranoia that you have. Uh, yeah, has there been any, anything
1: at all in this process that surprised you?
2: The biggest surprise, Joe, would be, uh, would be definitely going out into the public and not having any problem and it just being fine. You know, and I'm gonna knock on wood here. <laughs>
1: so is oh. that is that making you more comfortable in your continued process?
2: Yes, I've had many many positive experiences everywhere I go. Most people don't even pay attention, um, and all those fears, and paranoia, of coming out, were just not there, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say it wouldn't ever happen. I'm still kind of very aware when I go out. Of what's going on around me, just the how case, about but.
1: how about close friends, friends of yours from high school, or college, or, or uh, in your working life before you even did that? Th- are any of them aware of where you are right now?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: And and how's what's their reaction? They're
2: very supportive. Uh, right on. Um, and you haven't found any objections along the way. I have not. I've had a few instances, like minor instances, in public. Uh in public places where people are kind of rude, but nothing too bad. nothing. But only strangers. Only strangers. I have not experienced so far. And I guess when I said I haven't come out to my wife's father, I fear Mm -hmm. that that might be that way and that maybe I would lose that relationship. Isn't it interesting that
1: it's the strangers that have reacted because they don't know you? And that's why that comes from the root word strange. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Where would you like to see things go from here? I would like to just be like this all the time, and uh, change my name, and still be employed at the same place. Not sure if that's you know how that's going to look, or, but I've slowly been moving in that direction and I think I might get there someday. I don't know.
0: And that's one of the places where I feel like in some ways I really envy what you have that you've been able to keep your marriage, you've been able to continue living with your daughter and you've had so much, but the cost has been that you still have some times where you're not able to be fully present as yourself. Yes. And I feel like uh, for me, I lost so much. I lost my marriage. I lost my ability to be able to live with my kids. I lost so many of those. But then I said, well, then I'm able to be myself in every situation, which I I am very, very grateful for. I think when we compare and contrast, what is really obvious to me is that no matter which choice you make, it's a difficult choice. Yes. It, it, we both feel like we've had to give up so much. I imagine to myself, boy, I wish I could still have some of what you have. And yet, none of this is easy.
2: Right. <laughs> it's always difficult. And then I look at you and think, just it's very similar. Of like what you have of being yourself and presenting how you want all the time is something that I
0: yeah. envied
2: then too, which is really, yeah, we're in interesting different positions right now after having done, doing the, being very similar. Yeah. Very
0: similar, very yeah. similar
1: S- since you present as as your old self almost daily,
2: do you find that more difficult? There are times when it is, yes, absolutely, but you know i everything that I wear is I buy in the women's department, uh, even during my work day, and it's just like jeans of women's t-shirt, and a track jacket, and some gym shoes, and so it's really not too noticeable, but I do have really long hair, and I've got earrings, which is a giveaway, and I don't ever grow facial hair and stuff like that, so I do get from time to time, you know, kids being like, are you a boy or a girl, you know, those things are kind of painful in a way, not because I'm insulted by it, because I think they're genuinely asking, and it's not to be harmful or nothing. To have being asked that question is just like, well, can't you tell? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I would like to say, well, I'm just a girl. Or, you know, I usually just say, uh, whatever you think, it doesn't matter to me, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And then I go on with the uh, lesson plan for the day or whatever it is we're doing. Um, I guess those moments are kind of more painful just because of that. I still feel like I'm hiding. I am actually still hiding. A piece of myself. And How that, about
0: on the other side? What are some times of joy that you find?
2: Yeah, still being able to be with my family. Like I said, that's, that's a huge mm-hmm. one. And then being at events like this and talking to you. And then, um, yeah, getting dressed up uh, and just and just going out and doing regular stuff. So going to the grocery store. As, you as, went to an, an event yesterday,
0: I believe, yes. as, as yourself. You were able to be yourself and go so out.
2: And we went to a same-sex wedding last night. My wife and I went together. Um, we both wore nice dresses and nice heels, and that's super fun. Yeah, that is a great joy to be able to share that with her and for her to not feel uncomfortable with me being out because mm-hmm. when we first did that, I knew it was pretty uncomfortable for her. <laughs> And then over time, it's gotten a little bit, it's gotten better. Yeah, absolutely. So those moments are just absolutely wonderful. And then being involved in community events. So from the very beginning, it sounds to me like your biggest
1: challenge was your very first challenge. And that is having a conversation with your wife. Yes, and after that, everything was a little bit easier for you. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and once, you, once you reached that first hurdle and got over it, life became a little bit easier as, you're coming, as you started coming out slowly.
2: Absolutely,
1: yeah. And the listeners out here are going through some of the things that you went through, some of the
2: things that Raya went through, what would you tell them? I feel like nobody owes me anything. Okay, this is my thing to deal with. We just want to live our life. We are people who do the same things as anybody else, right? We buy cars, we buy houses, we go shopping, we have jobs, we have bank accounts, some of us have children, some of us have grandchildren, and we just do the same things and all want the same things as anybody else. So with that, if you've got a question for Maggie,
1: or you've got a question for Raya or me, we're here for you. And we encourage you to write us.
0: And where, Raya, would they write us? You can email us. Our email address is trandescendant at gmail uh, We are very grateful, Maggie, to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for being willing to come out to share your story in front of all of these people here and with all of our listeners. It's been really an honor to have you here. It's
2: been an honor and a privilege on myself, too. I've never been on a podcast before. And we'd like to have you back as a guest again sometime. I would love to, yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe future on, and you can tell us what the next steps were. Sure. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to listen today. We will talk to you next week, and have a positive week.